You know, church, it's um, sometimes really important, I think, to take a moment, <coughs> excuse me, to reflect on a verse of Scripture. And this verse has been coming to me during this week. And most of you would be familiar with it, I think. It's for the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I think while we're in this attitude of worship, we reflect or we ponder, meditate on that word for a moment. For the joy of the Lord is my strength. It comes from Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. And more correctly, it says, Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And as I've been reflecting upon that, this couple of things that, that come to my mind. What is this joy? It seems like the world is trying to contain our joy. We seem to have lost a lot of those things that we took for granted only so many months ago. Our joy is contained. But it should come as no surprise to us because the world is set up, I guess, to contain our joy. The prince of this world does not want the joy of the Lord to be visible. So we need to understand that in this time. Our joy is contained. But sometimes we come to church and we have this this attitude of drumming up our own joy. Where does this joy come from? It's like a mask, I guess. And as I see you all with masks on, it's so easy to hide behind a false joy. Hey, I'm all right, I'm okay. But the joy of the Lord is something that is deep-rooted. It comes from within. It bubbles out and it cannot be contained in your time of grief, in your struggles. So while we go back into this little time of worship, if you're struggling with joy or the absence of it, if your joy is a mask, now is the ideal time to cry out to God. And say, God, I want, to, I want you to reveal, show me what this deep-rooted joy is that bubbles up from within because it gives me the strength to endure the grief. It gives me the strength to endure the life that we have. Because we're all going to have heartaches. We're all going to suffer loss. But it's the joy of the Lord. Hey, good morning, church. How are we all today? All doing well, I hope. Why don't you take a moment just to turn around and wave, say good day, enjoy conversation. Good morning to all of you that are watching us online. It's great to have you worshipping us with us this morning at Sail Baptist Church. Why don't you drop us a line and send the comments section and um, we'll get back to all of your comments and, and chat to you a little bit later. Hey, so good morning, everyone. How are we all doing? It's good to have you with us this morning. So welcome. How are we all? Good? Yeah, awesome. Lovely winter's week, hasn't it, weather-wise? It's awesome. So um, 
Connect cards, Next Step cards are all available via the app or the online platform. You can all check that out online if you would. Send us some comments. Let us know how you think of the services. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, I trust by now that we're all very familiar with QR codes, apps, logging in, checking in, signing in. Um, I was reflecting on that this week and I'm thinking if anybody ever checked my QR codes, they'd know I have a heck of a lot of coffee. <laughs> Bit awesome. Yes, I can, I can be tracked from coffee shop to coffee shop. Mm. Um, we have a mailbox down the back to, to take your, um, your on, or your giving, if you uh, still choose to do that way. Most of our details are up on the... Okay, our details for giving should be up on the screen shortly, I would hope, but uh, you can check that out online as well. Um, Crash is on this morning, so if you have a little one that needs to go to crash, they're all ready for you. But, but big kids, sorry, there are no SB kids this week. That all comes back next week. But who likes activity sheets? Yeah, yeah me too. Brad, can you get me one, please, and we can... No? Okay. All the kids, back corner, there's some activity, uh, activity sheets for you to fill in during the service. And just a couple of other things. Out for lunch... This is on Wednesday the 14th, starts at 12 o'clock, costs $10. Sign-up sheet is at the info desk or you can call the church office. Okay, so how about we spend a moment in prayer for our offering and just for just the things that are on your heart because I want, this is not just about one person leading everybody in prayer, right? Okay, feel free to pray your own prayers as we're going through. So, Father, we just thank you. You are an awesome God. You're a miracle-working God. And some of us here this morning need a miracle, Lord. We take a moment to just, in our own time, name families and friends that are struggling, that need our help, that need your help, that need that prayer support, Father. So we take that time to lift them to you now. Lord, we pray for church families that are struggling with their health, with their finances, with employment, those sorts of things. Father, we pray that you put on our hearts people that we can help, that we can come alongside, that we can bless. Not so we can get a tick in a box, but because we, we want to demonstrate your love at work. Father, we just pray for the, the pastoral team and the leadership teams in this place. That we would all be vigilant, Father God, in seeking you. Seeking your truths. Lord, that we would want your guidance. That you would lead us where you, or we would follow where you are leading us, Lord. We take a moment to lift up our tithes and our offerings. And Lord, that you would purpose those things for good. That you'd lay it on the leadership's heart as to where this needs to go. It's not just to pay bills. It's for lives, Lord. That you'd give us hearts for the lost, the lonely, the desperate. And Father, we pray that the doors of this church would be open. Not we know that, 
but that the community would know that. And Father, that we want to see people coming in so we can help and point them to you. We pray for all the programs in this church, from creche through to young adults, Father, to the home groups, to leadership team meetings, business council meetings, music teams. We pray for all of these ministries, Lord. We hold them to you now, Lord. That there be personal growth in all of these areas, but spiritual growth as well. And we pray for all of this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Oh, Lord Jesus, we thank you for your grace. God, we thank you that you are so good to us. And God, we thank you that the joy of the Lord is our strength. God, that your joy, your peace, your goodness never changes. On the mountain and in the valley, it remains constant. It remains consistent. And God, this morning I pray that we might know that consistency. We might know that solid rock where our faith is built, where our joy comes from. God, that the things of this world that we sometimes fix our attention on for far too long, God, that you would help us to just to lift our gaze once again to, to Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father who's conquered sin and death, who's taken our shame and guilt, secured eternal life for us. Would you f- help us to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author, the perfecter of our faith. And God, as we fix our eyes on you, God, our hearts, Our voices, our hands, they raise in adoration, in worship. God, I pray that we might know your presence with us this morning. We might know your goodness. That it might well up within us, overflow, so that others might see it as well. God, we thank you that you are so good. We thank you that you are here with us. You want to speak to us. You want to encourage us. God, we just pray that you might have your way in our lives this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning, church. Great to have you with us. Great to be here on a sort of a wet and cold Sunday morning. don't know if I thought it was, must have been raining overnight, but I don't think it, it did rain, did it? It did rain. Oh, that's why it looked like it rained. <laughs> oh, good on you, Brad. I just thought it was just... I don't know. The floodwaters... I don't know. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Just a really heavy fog, I thought. <clears throat> when does a fog become a rain? At what point? Is there a... I'm sure there's a scientific answer. Someone find that out for me let me know. No, very good, very good. Is everyone, uh, we've got kids going back to school tomorrow, is that right? Just a little. I'm one of these parents now, it's like, yeah, that's a good thing, I think. I'm sure it gets gooder the more you go on, for the kids especially. Um, no, it's good, it means SBC Kids is back next week, it means youth is back next week, it means Out for Lunch is back next week. Generations are covered at SBC, that's for sure. Hey, this morning, um, 
I've titled this morning's message, Revision, Revision. I think it's good, we're sort of at the halfway point of the year, we're a little over halfway, don't want to alarm you too much, Um, but we're a little over halfway through 2021, and I think it's a good moment to, to look back, revision, look back in the revision mirror, see what God has been doing. Uh, see where we've been, but also um, revision ourselves for the future, remind ourselves of what the vision is that God has for us. So it's a little play on words, I hope you find it clever like I did, Um, revision. Um, So sort of looking at two big questions, where where have we been, where are we going? Where have we been, where are we going? So let me pray and then um, we'll see how we go. Hey, God, we thank you for your goodness, we thank you for your grace, we thank you for your word. And God, as we open your word this morning, as we look at your goodness in our lives and as a, as a church, as we look at your goodness, God, we pray that um, you would help us to step forward into the future you have for us. You would help us to step, step forward with more, um, more intention, more purpose, more boldness, more courage than we ever have before. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm not sure if you know this about me. Um, I don't normally, I don't like to talk about myself too much, but this is an interesting fact about me, is that I'm a truckie. I know it's hard to believe, I know you've got a stereotype of what a truckie looks like in your, in your mind, but I hold a valid Vic Roads truck license, bus license, I'm, call me, I, I'm a bus driver as well, uh, I can drive a 45-seater coach, I don't know if you'd trust me to, I mean, I drove a whole group of us from Sale to Sydney one time on a bus, uh, a couple of years ago, and some people trust me to do that. I don't know how buses work. I flatten the battery, both batteries. Apparently, there's two batteries in a bus, um, and they're bigger batteries than a normal. Anyway, that's another story for another day. Um, it was a very late night with very patient people in our church as we tried to figure out how to push start a bus, and we figured it out. <clears throat> you need a hill. But when you drive a truck or a bus, often, depending on the the, the vehicle, often the revision mirror is non-existent, or they, sometimes they put it there, but you, you can't use it because, um, I mean, bus drivers use it, but not to see what's behind them, to see what's happening inside the bus. Um, I don't know if you remember being at school and being in a bus and you're just constantly like, am I in the bus driver's view of his revision mirror? Can I see his eyes or can I get away with throwing someone out the window or um, standing up or whatever you're trying to do um, on a bus? But... That was when I um, started getting uh, a couple of lessons and getting prepared to, to go for the, the licence. That's one of the things I was um, struck me straight away is that I just have a habit of looking in my revision mirror like constantly um, when I'm driving a car. And so when I started doing that in a truck, I was like, oh, gosh, I can't see what's behind me. I hope not that if anyone rammed up the back of me, I'll be in much trouble. I'm in a truck. Um, that's what I'm looking for when I'm in a car. It's like, I hope there's not a truck going to... Um, have their brakes fail on me. Um, but it takes some getting used to driving without a revision mirror. Um, and I think you can drive without a revision mirror, but it's much easier to have a revision mirror. I find it easier anyway when I'm driving to, to be able to see if my revision mirror is not aimed right, if it's aiming, you know, at the kids instead of what's behind me. I've, I just need to adjust it. And if Alana's been in the car before me, I mean, we are different heights, and so that means different viewing angles and different reflections and all that. So I need to adjust it, get it right. It's much easier to drive with a revision mirror. And I think um, for us as a church, it's, it's good for us to look back occasionally and see 
where is God? What's behind us? What's the, the road we've been traveling? Um, because it does help us sometimes make course corrections or to remember, oh, that was a good moment. Let's keep going and let's see more of that. Um, I, I, I find this verse, I'm going to read a verse for you in a minute in Luke chapter 17, this verse to be quite funny. At, uh, and this is just maybe my sense of humor. Um, but I find this one of the funniest verses in the Bible. It says this in Luke 17 verse 32. It says, remember what happened to Lot's wife. Remember what happened. Look back, you know, remember? Look back and see what happened to Lot's wife. And if you know what happened to Lot's wife, what does she do? She looked back. <laughs> and so I, I find this um, humorous because Jesus is speaking here. He's, he's like, I can remember the disciples going, oh, is this a trick? Does he actually want us to look back and remember Lot's wife or are we going to turn into salt? This is a risk. This is a risk. Uh, but, you know, there's so many verses and so many times in the Bible where it tells us not to look back. Don't think about former things. Press on to what's ahead. Don't look back. But um, press forward. But there are times where Jesus and, and other times in the Old Testament where they would put um, a rock or make some sort of mark in the ground and say, we're going to remember this moment. And Jesus says here, remember Lot's wife. And he did want the disciples to remember Lot's wife. Um, because he wanted them to to take him um, and his word seriously. That was the point of what he was saying here. I, you know, I want you to take what I'm saying seriously. Um, you can't... I, I'm going to come through with what I say. I'm going to come through on. This is not a joke. And so there are good times to look back. But I think the point is, like a revision mirror in a car, they should be pretty seldom. You don't drive a car constantly looking at the... Hopefully you don't. Um, and maybe this is why, maybe Vic Road should do an ad on this. Maybe what, this is why there's car crashes. Maybe people looking at the revision mirror thinking that's how I should drive. But you shouldn't drive like that. You should drive looking at where you're going and just occasionally glance up. You should be looking forward much more than you're looking back. For some of us, this, this is just a good life lesson. This is a good truth of God's word. You should be looking forward much more than you should be looking back. Some of us can spend far too long, far too much of our life looking back, remembering Maybe good times, maybe bad times. Just thinking, oh, what if? Oh, wasn't that good? I wish I could be like that again. We spend far too much time looking back and we should be looking forward. And as a church, we should be doing the same. You know, I think there's great times that have gone on in, in church history. There's been great times that have gone on in SBC's history. And you can go, oh, I remember back when we did the building or remember back in the 90s or remember back in the... 70s or whatever you can remember back to, whatever moment. And it's good to remember those times, but it's more important to, to look forward. And so we'll remember, we'll look back, um, but we're going to spend more time looking forward. A quick glance is all we need. And so I want to give you a quick glance at this year, some things that have happened, some, if you're into stats, maybe some, some numbers. Um, so it's been hard to get a gauge of attendance throughout the year because of our lockdowns and because every week is changing. Um, but on, on average, with our lockdowns included, we're having about 130 people come to church every Sunday in the building, which is a great, a great thing to be encouraged by um, because there has been a few weeks in there that we had five or less here because we were all online. Um, we've got small groups. We've got um, about 140 people who... Uh, in a small group or nominated to be in a small group, although we don't see that many people go into a small group every week. The number is much lower. 
um, that we know about that are actually going into, into small groups. So that is a little hint and a reminder for small group leaders. If you're meeting regularly, um, we have like an attendance thing on our church centre app that you can take attendance. It's just so that we can see we've got 140 people that say they're in a small group, but who's actually turning up. Um, it's good to not just be in one, but it's good to go to one as well. Um, that's how small groups work best. Um, our, our finances, here's some um, figures for you. We've got a budget um, at Sale Baptist this year of $7,550 per week in our giving. That's going to take a combined effort. Um, that's a lot of money, and that's a, a, a generous and a, and a faith step that we've got. Our actual is around 6685 per week, so roughly around $800 below budget per week. So I'll just... Uh, that's a good reminder and a good point for us just to, to take note of and say that's what we agreed to last year as a church. We don't set our budget and just say that's what it is, good luck with it. We, this is something that as a membership we say, yep, we're agreeing to, to commit to this. We're agreeing that we can see God do this through us. So that's just a good, um, I mean, it's extremely generous. When you look at what our giving has been over the last year, 6600 per week is just an amazing amount that God is giving through us and, and being so generous through us, um, but um, yeah, there's just a shortfall there, so pray about that, pray for, for God to continue to use us. Something exciting, I think, that um, has been, over the last 12 months, has been our um, church online, which we've got up and running, and um, it's hard to gauge how many people are on, online every week, it's really hard to tell. We have around 27 is our average of those that have checked in, so there's people that are watching live every Sunday, good morning to wherever you are this morning, um, who are checked in on our Church Centre app. Now, we know that there's a lot more than that because we know that even here in the building, that there's people that don't check in for whatever reason. I mean, it's, we tell you and we encourage you, and well, I can't believe that people wouldn't actually do what we say from this pulpit sometimes, but apparently that happens. Uh, that 27 people check in, that's a joke, um, Maybe it shouldn't be a joke. It is. Um, 27 per week. But we probably have around 50, 60, maybe even 70 on average per week views. Uh, and so a view is just one device who views it that Sunday. That view could be a whole family. We don't know. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you some stories in a moment. In a moment. Um, but I guess that has been such an encouraging point for us as a leadership, for... Um, for all those involved in the online thing, that sometimes there's more people actually online than there are in the building, uh, depending on the week. Um, and it's just, it's why we're investing, why we've got people like, they're doing something new this week where they've got Brock here running around and moving with the camera just to make it even better every week. And so the team's doing a great job there. And we're reaching so many people there. Um, our serving teams have dropped over the, the course of the last 12 months and since we've come back from COVID, since we've come back from our extended lockdown last year. And I guess this has been a challenge for, for all our ministry leaders and ministry teams is that as people have come back to meeting in person, um, the teams that they were part, perhaps serving on two years ago, they haven't joined as quickly back up into. Um, so we've got a few people that do a lot around the place and they're really faithful and they're, um, they're here every week and they're doing a great job. But I guess this is an encouragement and a challenge for all of us to think about where can I get involved? Um, if I'm not involved, how can I get involved? You know, we're all called to be the body of Christ. 
Uh, it's not an opt-in, opt-out sort of situation where we get to just attend or um, be a, a consumer of church. It's, we're a contributor. We're all meant to be contributors of, of, to the body of Christ. And so everyone has their own capacity, um, but we all have our part to play in the body of Christ. We don't get to opt-in or opt-out. And new people, we've seen so many new people come to start at the church, both in person and online. Um, so far, the number that I've got um, is 137 new people since the start of this year have come in person or online. And that doesn't, and we don't count those that are just travelling through. So a family member or a, someone who's coming through on a holiday, we don't count them generally to that, towards that number. These are 137 new people that are trying church out for the first time. Um, or who have attended for the first time, maybe moved to the area. Um, and so that's both um, encouraging and challenging. Encouraging and challenging that there's new people here every Sunday. Literally every Sunday there's someone new, um, either in the building or online. And so it's up to all of us to be a church that welcomes people in and not just says hi, but thinks about how can we make room. And I'm going to talk more about that. Um, in a few minutes' time. But new people come in every week. Um, we've got Alpha running. We've got two Alphas running at the moment, one in Sale, one in Locksport, about a dozen participants in that and in the teams that are doing that. And we're hearing some great stories, which you'll hear in months and years to come, no doubt, um, from what is happening in Alpha. We've got our online thing that I've mentioned already, but we've had some amazing stories. I don't know if you remember... Um, a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, we had Janice up here get baptised um, on one of our lockdown weekends. Um, and there's stories like Janice's where she reached out through our church website to church, um, got connected, um, came to church, made a commitment of faith, got baptised, and now is gone and moved to another town and getting connected with another church and continuing on her faith journey. I know of other stories of families that have been watching online for months um, and then come into the building and... Um, who previously were unchurched, and just stories of, um, of the way that God is using this online um, ministry to reach people. Uh, and in a few weeks' time, I'm planning to preach about um, sort of digital church, if you like, and, and the, maybe some of the theological implications of doing church online and, and how we might wrestle with some of those issues. Um, so there's a little teaser for you for... I'm not sure when that is, but that's in maybe three or four weeks' time. Um, I'm going to speak more about that. We've got our playgroups running on two, um, two mornings each week, and we're seeing new people come to them most weeks as well. We've got our youth ministry, new people coming to that every Friday night. We've got our kids' ministry um, busting at the seams um, as well. There's just, I mean, we could talk so much uh, we've had Pastor Steve come on, start in January in our kids and families role. In our, um, we've had Lauren go on maternity leave. We've got a new member, Ezra, there at the back. I don't know if he's counting the 137. He probably is. He's a person. Um, he counts. Uh, got other babies here, other babies obviously on the way. Um, Pauline Somerville's come on to our church council this year. We've said goodbye to Kath Crouch. Uh, she made a huge contribution over the years that she was on church council, and uh, we want to thank her for that as well. So many stories, and there's so many more. I mean, but God has been good. God has been really good to us. And despite the restrictions, despite the season that we find ourselves in, um, as more widely, um, as a 
as a nation, God has been really faithful to our church. Uh, I know speaking with other pastors and other churches, uh, our story is, is not the common story. Our story of um, attendance, of finance, of uh, participation, of engagement has not been common through churches. Um, some churches have really struggled to, to come back from, from not meeting for, for so many months. But this group, this family, this body has done so well at staying connected to each other, at staying um, connected to, to the family. And I, I want to encourage you to, to keep doing that because together we, we need each other. I mean, it's good that you like to... Oh, maybe you don't like to hear me preach. I don't know, but you're here. Um, but it's good that we have so many people in this family that connect with each other. Um, and it's so important that we continue to do that, especially as we have new people coming in all the time. So we'll look back. Now I want to sort of look back and forward at the same time. I want to remind us of some of the things that I spoke about on um, sort of what we called Vision Sunday or Vision Day or whatever we called it um, back in February. Um, and one of the things that, that I spoke about and one of the big ideas that I spoke about and still believe that God is calling us to is this idea that this is for everyone that this is for everyone, that what we are about is not just about a few people, or you have to be a certain type of person, but this gospel, this good news, is for everyone. This church is for everyone. We want to be a church where everyone is known, everyone is loved, and everyone has their part to play. Because together we can achieve so much more for the kingdom than we can apart. We can be such a force for the kingdom when we are on the same page, working together, everyone playing their part. I don't know if you, what sort of um, situation you've got at home, who lives in your home, but when everyone's playing their part at home, it's just so much better. When you don't have to ask that five-year-old to clean up their room for the 500th time that day, it's just so much nicer when everyone just does what they're supposed to do. When I put my clothes in the washing basket rather than next to it, it's just so much better for everyone. It's so much better when we all play the parts that we're supposed to play, when we all contribute, and it's not just one or two doing it. Psalm 133 verse 1 says this, How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live and sisters together in harmony. I don't know, I, I, I used this, this quote um, back in February, and it's from a, um, a study by some um, Swedish university, it says this, as you're singing a phrase, your heart rate goes down and then between phrases, when you inhale, the heart rate goes up. And so the study was looking at choirs that were singing together and they, and they found that as choirs were singing together, their heart rates began beating in harmony, in, in, in unison almost, that their, their heart rates would fluctuate up and down together that their, their breathing would be almost identical in terms of when they in and out together. You know, that when they sing in harmony, it, it caused their whole bodies to become one. And I love this picture that God uses through Scripture, this idea of harmony, that we each have a different part to play, but there's something that brings us together when we are aligned, when our hearts beat in sync. 
as we sing, as choirs sing together over time, their breathing and their heartbeats align more and more. And I think as we serve together, as we contribute to the body of Christ together, over time we become more aligned. Another verse in Philippians 2 verse 1 to 2 says, Christ encourages you and his love comforts you. God's spirit unites you and you are concerned for others. Now make me completely happy. Live in harmony by showing love for each other. Be united in what you think as if you were only one person. Live in harmony, be united, live as though you're one. And so this idea that this is for everyone, but we are all one together. Our walks are different, but we travel in the same direction. Our walks are different, but we travel in the same direction. God is into the ones and the twos. God is into every single person. He's not so interested in the crowds as he is in the ones. And there's so many verses and so many times in Scripture that we get this idea. Uh, Matthew 10, 29 and 30, are not two sparrows sold for a penny and not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs on your head are all numbered and some for easier than others, obviously. But every person is counted. This is the point that Jesus is making. Every person is known, is loved. I mean, even the hairs on your head are known. God is into the details. God is into, he doesn't miss a thing. Every hair is counted. Every star is known. God doesn't just count people, but he counts everything. Nothing and no one escapes his attention. Even the days of our life are known. In Psalm 139, it says, you, you saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, all the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. Luke 15, there's a lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son. God is into finding and redeeming the one. He's not happy with 99. He needs all 100 sheep, every single one. And I hope that you know this for you, that God knows you and that God loves you. I mean, he really knows who you are. He knows you better than you know who you are yourself. You might have things in your heart that you've never told anybody, but God knows And he loves you just as you are. And God has put us all in this body, in this family, to become a part of something much bigger. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 18, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Romans 12 verse 4 to 5, just as there are many parts to our bodies, so it is with Christ's bodies. We are all parts of it. It takes every one of us to make it complete. Every one of us to make it complete. Just point to the person next to you and just say, it takes you to make it complete. Just want to make sure everyone's awake this morning. It takes you to make it complete. It takes you to make it complete. Every one of us to make it complete, for we each have different work to do, so we belong to each other, and each needs all the others. So what we are part of is so much bigger than just the one. The body of Jesus is for everyone. It's as much for you as it is for me. I need you like you need me. No one person is more important than the other. Everyone has a gift. Everyone has a purpose. Everyone has grace. Everyone has a hope. Everyone has a place. Everyone is on mission. Everyone has a part to play. Everyone has their own journey. Everyone has their own faith. Everyone is created uniquely. Everyone is welcome. 
And the challenge we face is that can we embrace this? Can we embrace this idea that this is for everyone? Can we embrace it for ourselves and can we embrace it for others? For some of us, we can't, we struggle with this that we think we're not welcome or we don't have a part to play or we're not needed, we're not known, we're not seen. Or some of us think, well, I know I have a place here, but I don't know about everyone. There's some people that I just could not welcome in. I couldn't have anything to do with. I couldn't love. This is for everyone. And everyone has their part to play. Everyone has their own commitment to make. And commitment looks different for each and every person. Sacrifice looks different for each and every person. You know, Jesus was one time witnessing someone put, uh, a, a widow, I believe it was, putting in some copper coins or some, some coins into the treasury at, um, at the temple. And he's pointed out to his disciples and says, look at all these people putting in mountains of money and look at this widow putting in all she has. Her faith is greater. She's put in more than anybody else. And for the, for the outsider, it looks like, well, uh, Jesus, you've got it wrong here. That person that has given $1,000 is, is given much more than the person who's given $5. But Jesus is making the point, don't look at what you can see. Look at the heart. Look at the intent. Look at the capacity. Look at what I've given them. Look at the sacrifice. And so don't compare yourself to the person next to you. Don't compare your commitment to someone else's commitment but encourage each other to to make sure that we're all fully committed. And our full commitment is going to look different from person to person. This is for everyone. We aren't all meant to look the same. Our faith journey isn't all meant to be identical. Remember, our walks are different, but we travel in the same direction. And the other thing that we launched at the start of the year, and hopefully you've been sort of cottoning on to these, is our four values. We spent a couple of years probably 18 months as a church, brainstorming, coming together, talking about what we might um, come up with our values, and we came up with these four values. And The first one is home for all. There is room for you. Our second is that we are truth seekers, pursuing Jesus wherever he takes us. Our third is praying people, believing for the impossible. And our fourth is ready as we are, growing as we go. And we'll spend plenty of time talking about our values and hopefully you know them, hopefully you can embrace them and embrace them in your teams, in your small groups, wherever you find yourself serving and um, playing your part in church. They're not just for Sundays, they're for all of us to embrace. That's what part of part of what unites us is this these core values. But some of the things that we're continuing to believe God for in the future and seeing God move in is um, one of them. I'm really, I mean, I'm all, I'm excited about all these ideas, and there's plenty more as well. But I want to just highlight a few. One of them is um, a, a more regional focus um, as a church. What we're seeing and what we're believing God is calling us to is that um, Sale Baptist Church has has a bigger reach than just Sale. Um, in case you're not aware, we've got people from all over. Um, from as far as um, that we know, probably um, Yarram or Locksport or um, sort of Hayfield or, you know, sort of up to 45 minutes away people travel 
to come to church um, on any given week. Uh, and so we have a heart and we believe God is calling us or looking, making us look at how can we set up communities of faith in these smaller locations? How can we uh, empower people that are living in these um, more regional locations not to have to travel to sail for everything when it comes to church but set up their own sort of um, communities of faith but they're still connected to us and still connected to a, a bigger body so they don't have to worry about all the administration um, legalities, insurance, all the... I mean, there's, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of hoops you have to jump through to, to get a church going. Um, but how can we resource other towns, other regions within our sort of reach for the, for the cause of the gospel? And so we're really excited to, to see more of that happen over the, the, the course of the months and the years ahead, that what we have is great and we've, we've got to steward what we've got well. Um, that we've got resource, we've got the ability to, to serve beyond just sale, and so we're believing to do that. Um, we're also believing and going to have a greater discipleship focus. I mean, I, hopefully I talk about discipleship enough and I'm going to spend the next two Sundays talking about discipleship, what it is to be a disciple maker, that we are all called to go and make disciples, that the great mission that Jesus has sent us on is not just for those that are on a stage or hold a microphone or those that have gone to Bible college or those that run a small group but the Great Commission is for all of us that we are all called to go and make disciples. We are all called to the Great Mission and no one is exempt from that. You don't get, just like you don't get an opt-out of the body of Christ, you don't get an opt-out of the Great Commission. We're all called to it. It should be our urgent motivation in life that we have a limited time on this earth and Jesus has sent us to make sure as many people as possible know about the good news. It should be what motivates our life. So we're going to have a greater discipleship focus. Um, we're going to continue to focus on our online reach, the new front door um, to, to church. Um, most people um, will check out church online before they'll ever walk in the door. Uh, that, will be, that will be their first impression of church. In, in maybe just a decade ago, the first impression of church was always the, the car park and walking in and seeing the, the ushers or those welcoming. That was the front door. That was the first sort of like, oh, I wonder what church is going to be like. But now it's church online. It's our website. It's our social media. It's our church online services. This is what people will look at first. Most people will, and so we're going to continue to make sure that we can welcome people in as best we can through that front door, making room for all. And the other thing that I want to continue to focus on is this capacity building, that we are preparing and proactively working on making room for more. So room for more in our ministry teams, room for more in our small groups, room for more in our friendship circles, room for more in our ministries, that we really embrace this value that there is room for you. But we also embrace this idea that there's room for more. There's room for you and there's room for more. That you might maybe feel in the moment that you don't have any room for any more people, any new people in your world. That we all need to make room for more. We all need to make room for those ones and those twos in different ways. 
in whatever teams that we find ourselves in, whatever small group we find ourselves in, that there's room for more, that we're all called to welcome in, that we're all called to, to bring in those that don't yet know Jesus. And so I hope and pray that you can embrace some of these ideas, embrace some of this vision and heart of where we're going as a church, um, and continue to pray, and continue to pray for, for what God is doing in and through us. We need to be praying people, believing for the impossible, believing God can actually use us for these, these endeavours. Because without him, it's pointless, it's useless. We won't achieve anything. We won't see anything um, good happen. So I want to encourage you right now, let's to, to stand together and we're going to pray. We're going to pray over these, these plans and these purposes that we believe in God's calling us towards. As the team comes up. Lord God, we thank you so much for your goodness and your grace, and we thank you so much that you are the captain of this ship, that you steer us, that you direct us, that you call us forward to a greater future together. And God, I pray that we would keep our eyes firmly fixed on you, that we would continue to, to look up. God, that, that we might be um, like Abraham, we might be called out of the tent and look up at the stars and see a bigger vision than what we could ever comprehend or ever believe for. God, that you would help us to believe for the impossible, believe that you could use us to reach people with the gospel, to see people saved, to see people come into a life-changing relationship with you, to see our own lives transformed, to see our families transformed, our community transformed. God, would you help us to stay so laser-focused on the mission that you have for us, that, God, as we drift through life, as we drift through the week, and as we lose focus, God, that your Holy Spirit might stir us each morning we wake up and remind us of the mission that you have for us, remind us of what we should be focused on, and God, as we do that together and as we work in harmony, playing our parts, God, that you would bring such a beautiful sound through Sal at this church. That we would be resounding with the grace and the love and the hope and the joy that you've poured into our hearts. God, we pray that you would continue to use us, continue to move us towards the future you have for us. We thank you for all you've done, but God, we're anticipating all you're going to do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.